Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. In today's lesson, we're going to look at uh, listening section four. And the reason I chose this was because I've written a blog all about hyphens. A question came up in a Facebook group that I'm in. And it was about how important hyphens are in the listening test. And I said they're absolutely not important at all in the listening test, um, which caused some disagreement. But I wanted to explain why I said that. And it's, it's right. I've charted all of the listening gap fill um, answers through all of the textbooks, the Cambridge practice test books, including the latest one, a test book 16. And there's not one single example of a gap fill which has a hyphen in it. Oh, and by the way, the question was also about the reading. But the reading, of course, you just copy from the text. So you don't have to worry about hyphens at all. So the question was, do you have to worry about hyphens in listening? And I've got a list in the Members Academy. I'm, I'm going to share this with you when I when I make it look a bit nicer. I've got a list of every single type of word that comes up in the gap fill. And I think there's probably three different types of word. The first one, and we're going to see many examples of it in today's listening. The first type of word is a, a material or a commodity so things like iron, sugar, um, any any uncountable noun, silk, um, metals, things like that, glass, though that is really, really common, a common gap fill. The second one is basically related to spelling. So there are certain sets of words, and again, I've got this list of words, things like words ending in shun, like education, because the, the spelling could cause problems like T-I-O-N or S-I-O-N, like discussion, destruction. There's loads of those. And the third one is usually a kind of irregular uh, plural, very often a plural, like something where a Y, like country, changes to countries or something like government, where there's the silent N, and something like um, the, the irregular. If you've, if you've been to my irregular word formation page, I'll put the link in the notes. Um, you know, things like poor and poverty, those kind of words come up in the gap fill. But absolutely no sight of a hyphen. In fact, the only one I found which comes close was actually in book 16, which is the most recent one. And the word grandmother and grandparents came up. So feasibly, you could write those, I guess, with a hyphen or as two separate words or as one word. You've always got that option. Does it have a gap? Does it have a hyphen? Or is it just one word? But honestly, you really don't need to worry about that. Listen, if the thing says just one word and you're only allowed one word 
and you write grandmother as two words, they don't care that you've written it as two words because they only want you to give them correct the correct answer. So yes, normally, if it says only one word and you write two words, then normally that is wrong. But try to think about what the listening is testing. It's not testing your punctuation. It's not testing your use of the hyphen. It's testing your listening. So if you heard grandparents and you wrote grandparents, you would still get the point. And the thing that came up in the Facebook group was about eyesight. Now, normally eyesight is one word, a compound word, eyesight. But is it terribly wrong if you write I hyphen sight or I sight two words? No, not really. And in fact, I, I searched on Ludwig Guru, which is my favorite place to find answers to these questions. And there were lots of examples of I sight being written as two words. So if there is any possibility of a word being written in different ways, then IELTS will not take the point away from you because they understand that this word can be written differently, like an American spelling of colour. They're not going to take a point away if you've spelt it in an acceptable way because that's not what they're testing. They're testing to see if you heard the right word and you will get a point for that. So, please stop worrying about hyphens. It's just not worth it. There are simple, and I'm going to show you them today, in today's listening, you'll see that my three rules are correct. F forget about hyphens. Um, yes, in writing hyphens, the main aim of them is to make your writing clearer, but it's not going to be a difference between a band six and a seven. It's really not. So this topic is the history of coffee. And already we've got the commodity. We've got coffee, the uncountable noun. It's a very typical listening in some ways. We've, we've seen these before. We've, we've seen the history of nutmeg, history of glass, history of silk, history of tea. And now we've got the history of coffee. And it goes um, in chronological order, starting with coffee in the Arab world. So, so the, the gapped summary has um, titles and bullet points, as usual. So what you've got to do to keep track, there's quite a lot of introduction here. So you've got to underline the capital letters and listen out for those in the text. So the first capital letter says there was small scale trade in wild coffee from Ethiopia. So you're listening for Ethiopia. Then it's got 1522 numbers that will keep you on track. Um, coffee was approved in the Ottoman court as a type of medicine. Then it's got 1623 in Constantinople, capital letter again, the ruler ordered the something of every coffee house. So what did the ruler order? And it's a noun because we've got the something of. 
Think about what could you do to a coffee house. So here's the long introduction. We're listening for the, the key word 1522 Constantinople. In my presentation, I'm going to talk about coffee and its importance, both in economic and social terms. We think it was first drunk in the Arab world, but there's hardly any documentary evidence of it before the 1500s. Although, of course, that doesn't mean that people didn't know about it before then. However, there is evidence that coffee was originally gathered from bushes growing wild in Ethiopia, in the northeast of Africa. In the early 16th century, it was being bought by traders and gradually its use as a drink spread throughout the Middle East. It's also known that in 1522, in the Turkish city of Constantinople, which was the centre of the Ottoman Empire, the court physician approved its use as a medicine. So we still haven't got to the answer. We've got that keyword medicine. Now, by the mid-1500s, coffee bushes were being cultivated in the Yemen. And for the next hundred years, the region, this region produced most of the coffee drunk in Africa and the Arab world. What's particularly interesting about coffee is its effect on social life. It was rarely drunk at home, but instead people went to coffee houses to drink it. These people, usually men, would meet to drink coffee and chat about issues of the day. But at that time, this chance to share ideas and opinions was seen as something that was potentially dangerous. And in 1623, there's our keyword, the ruler of Constantinople demanded the destruction of all the coffee houses in the city, demanded the destruction. There is my first example of a noun where the spelling ending is T-I-O-N and its irregular form from, from the word destroy. Right, so that's it. Then the next title says, Coffee arrives in Europe, 17th century. Coffee shops were compared to, and that's your next question, what were they compared to? Two. So we're looking for the language of comparison. Um, coffee consumption continued in the 17th century. Coffee drinking spread to Europe. And here too, coffee shops became places where ordinary people, nearly always men, could meet to exchange ideas. Because of this, some people said that these places performed a similar function to universities. There we have it, a similar function. That's the comparison. And the answer is universities. That's a, a capital, uh, a Y changing to I-E-S in plural. Although actually in the answers, they also accept university because that as a concept is possible. 
33, they played an important part in social and something changes. So possibly guessable here. We're looking for an adjective similar um, like social. Um, if you remember, I've talked to you about my discussion tree when we look at different aspects of a task two question. One of those aspects could be the social aspects. What else is in that tree? Writing and listening are connected. So they played an important part in social and something changes. So what does it say? Um, the opportunity they provided for people to meet together outside their own homes and to discuss the topics of the day had an enormous impact on social life and many social movements and political developments had their origins in coffee house discussions. So you've got the two things there, the social movements and political developments. So the gap we wanted was social and political is the answer. Next, you've got coffee and European colonization. That's the title. The first bullet points talk about European powers established coffee plantations in their colonies. And the next bullet point talks about types of coffee were often named according to the something they came from. So you're listening to where they came from, which gave them their name. This is about the only tricky one here, I think. The rest is fine. In the late 1600s, the Yemeni monopoly on coffee production broke down and coffee production started to spread around the world, helped by European colonization. Europeans set up coffee plantations in Indonesia and the Caribbean and production of coffee in the colonies skyrocketed. Look at that. Task one, academic writing. Production of coffee skyrocketed. Different types of coffee were produced in different areas. And it's interesting that the names given to these different types, like mocha, or Java coffee, were often taken from the port they were shipped to Europe from. The port they were shipped to Europe from. So the answer is they were named according to the port or ports, uh, plural. Both are acceptable. Now, one thing I forgot to mention earlier. Why is IELTS fussy about spelling, but not fussy about things like hyphens? Well, if, as in this example, if the text said something about they travelled by ship. Here we talk about they were shipped to Europe. So they're talking about ships, S-H-I-P. And if you wrote in your answer sheep. If you wrote S-H-E-E-P, would they give you a point for that? Would they think, oh, okay, so he said sheep, 
but actually he meant ship. What do you think? No way, because ship and sheep are two completely different words with completely different meanings. And that is why spelling is important for IELTS, because it's not fair to anybody who wrote ship correctly to, to give the person who wrote sheep, as in the animal, a point, because it's a different meaning. How do they know that he wanted to say ship? So in that case, spelling is important. And, and here, this example, port, is, a, is quite a similar type of example because of the pronunciation. So port is the difficult or sound, and many people would say port. And I try to discourage people. I, I try to help people with their pronunciation. And why? Because if you fix that pronunciation, it's going to fix what you hear when, you, when you're listening. So if you've learnt in school to pronounce that r very strongly and to make a short o, like port, then you will not hear that port with no r when you're listening. And this is one of the problems of listening. When people say they don't hear it, it's because they've been taught to pronounce it wrongly and then they can't hear it. So again, the connection is between pronunciation, spelling and listening. Um, so where were we? Right, okay, the next question is um, 35 and we've got the capital letters Brazil in Brazil and the Caribbean. Most cultivation depended on something. Now, what did the cultivation in Brazil and the Caribbean depend on? In Brazil and the various Caribbean colonies, coffee was grown in huge plantations and the workers there were almost all slaves. That is your answer. They accept the word slaves but they also accept the irregular noun form, which is slavery. So this is an example of what I mentioned earlier, where you see poor and poverty. Again, there's a fixed list of those, and I've got that for you on my word formation or vocabulary page. I know lots of people have already downloaded it, so um, it's, it's really useful. Um, Next, 36. In Java, coffee was used as a form of, well, this to me is guessable because if you've done any IELTS before, you'll know uh, this, you'll be able to guess it because it's so often in the past was used like for tea and salt and things like that. So, 36, where are we? Right. Um, this wasn't the same in all colonies. For example, in Java, which had been colonised by the Dutch, the peasants grew coffee and passed a proportion of this on to the Dutch. So it was used as a means of taxation. Taxation, there is the answer. What do you notice about taxation? T-I-O. N at the end, like we've already had destruction. 
Do you see what I mean? Do you see the kind of words that you can easily, easily learn if you know what you're looking for? And that's what I've got the Members Academy for. I've done all of this work for you. Um, it takes a, a while, but it saves you time. So all you have to do then is learn those lists. But whatever system was used, oh, okay, so next question is, coffee became almost as important as something else. So we've got the commodity of coffee and it was almost as important as a different kind of commodity. What do you think it was? It says, coffee was grown in ever-increasing quantities to satisfy the growing demand from Europe. And it became nearly as important as sugar production. So, interesting. Remember, you're only allowed one word. So, it's as important as sugar production. Which word are you going to choose for that? Sugar or production? Well, if you chose production, it wouldn't make sense. It would be coffee became as important as production. Doesn't make sense even though it's a T-I-O-N word again. Um, so the answer is sugar. It's, it's guessable, really. Again, another commodity, coffee and sugar. Now, wait for it. 38, the move towards the consumption of something in Britain did not also take place in the USA. Now, the word consumption, useful for academic writing, task one, very often the graphs are all about the consumption of oil or energy, or and you need to know the word, um, how much is consumed. What does it mean, consumed? It means here, in this case, drink, drank, drunk. So, consumption of what in Britain? What do British people drink? You're already listening for this word. I know you know what it is. Um, so what does it say? Coffee prices were not yet low enough for people to drink it regularly at home. So most coffee consumption still took place in public coffee houses and it still remained something of a luxury item. In Britain, however, a new drink was introduced from China and started to become popular, gradually taking over from coffee. Although at first it was so expensive that only the upper classes could afford it. This was tea. There you go. Tea is the answer, the consumption of tea. T-E-A. Another commodity. We've already had sugar, now we've got tea. Now, wait for it, if, if you can see whether my theory is being borne out in these examples. Coffee in the 19th century. That's the next heading. It says, prices dropped because of improvements in something. So, what improved to make prices drop? By the early 19th century, coffee was already being widely produced and consumed. But during this century, production boomed. Remember academic task one, production boomed. Coffee prices started to fall. 
This was partly because new types of transportation had been developed, which were cheaper and more efficient. So why did the prices drop? Because of new types of transportation. What have we got again? Um, third example now, we've had destruction, taxation, and finally transportation, T-I-O-N. Last one, industrial workers found coffee helped them to work at something. Now think about this, when do you drink coffee? When you're tired? When are you tired? When are you working and you're tired? When could these workers need coffee? When they work at something. Can you guess? Let's see. Um, so working people could afford to buy coffee. It wasn't just a drink for the middle classes. And this was a time when large parts of Europe were starting to work in industries. And sometimes this meant their work didn't stop when it got dark. They might have to continue throughout the night. So the use of coffee as a stimulant became important. It wasn't just a drink. People drank in the morning for breakfast. And that is it. The answer there to work at night is the answer. Notice the spelling, silent G. Again, it's one of my three things. Either there's a difficult spelling or there's a shun kind of spelling or there's a commodity. Those are your three basic gap fills, but not a hyphen in sight. So the fuss that was made, and I, I just wanted to say that a lovely idiom, you're barking up the wrong tree. If you're worrying about hyphens, you're really spending too much time and energy barking up the wrong tree. There are far more important things you need to worry about that will get you points. And spelling of T-I-O-N, irregular spelling, silent letters, all of those will help you much more than worrying about hyphens. So that was book 13. And I chose it simply because of that issue. Um, but now I've got my hands on book 16. I'm very excited to start working through that. If you've got any requests, I've already got next week's Back to the Future of Skyscraper Design as a reading. But if there's anything that you found maybe in book 16 that would help me get started with that, then I'd love to hear from you. Um, other, other news this week in the Members Academy, we've started a new uh, community space. So you have your own profile in the Members Academy. You can chat to other people. And you've also got the double whammy if you're joining the speaking classes, which are included with Will, then you've also got his wider community, which is also on his website, englishtrainers.org. And there... We're building a great, fantastic community of people and we use whatever you do in the community. We use it in class and it's a time for you to ask questions, get help, get support, meet other people working towards the same goals as you. And I look forward to working with you. Do let me know if you have any questions 
over and out. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye.